0: Welcome to Not For Girls, a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes, talking about life, comfort zones and everything in between.
1: My name is Nikki. Hello, I'm Leah. How are you doing this week?
0: I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm firmly in my comfort zone. In my in my house, um, yeah, I'm I'm all right. I've started um, managed to start work again, doing something at the moment, so that's keeping me busy. Not too much work. Thank goodness, um, but just a bit. You know, it's it's a hard time at the moment, and I feel lucky to at least have like some things.
1: But yeah, apart from that, I'm I'm swell. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm I'm not bad. Um, I am <laughs> very feeling a little bit overworked because uh, I, I feel like I knew doing an MA would be work, but it's like oh god, <laughs> it's this amount of work. Like um, I'm not sure I was totally uh, expecting. So uh, it's, it's going okay, though. It's going fine. I'm, I'm I'm, keeping my head above water, which is probably the best I can hope for right now. It's just really weird times. And I think for a lot of people who are in education right now, like a lot of students must just be feeling like, it doesn't feel like I'm studying. If It feels like I'm having a, a Zoom call or Microsoft Teams call couple of times a week and chatting to some people about a book feels more like a book club a very organized serious expensive book club (laughs) yeah it must be actually really bizarre
0: I don't I don't often think about how it affects things like that but it must be just so strange to not actually be able to like properly undergo like a typical student experience you know I mean you can just sit in your pajamas (laughs)
1: Yeah, where's all the tequila shots and casual sex? I'm just, I'm I'm like, just here reading. Like, this is not what my expectations were. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll borrow your, you know, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. So yeah, our
0: episode today is on comfort zones. I feel like this is an interesting topic because I feel like a lot of people kind of getting into comfort zones because I was going to say that no one's I don't feel like people are going out of their comfort zones right now I feel like we're all going into them
1: retreating into our hermit caves of comfort zones
0: (laughs) yeah and I think it can potentially be an unhealthy thing as well despite the fact that it has comfort in the name
1: yeah that's an interesting point I think I yeah I think we'll probably share some agreements on that um as and when we uh get get down and dirty into the discussion so i think it's worth kind of
0: talking about the definition of
1: comfort zones
0: and what they are Mm. uh one of the definitions that i found described a comfort zone as a psychological state in which things feel familiar to a person and they are at ease and in control of their environment experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress And in the zone, a steady level of performance is possible, which kind of sounds like a very businessy way to look at it. But how, what did you find in regards to the kind of meaning behind behind comfort zone?
1: Well, I just got really, you know, self-centered when I put the question about what do we mean by comfort zones? And I feel that in my experience, the idea of a comfort zone is talked about. And again, this is more of a subjective point of view thing. That's what I say when I mean, I'm being really self-centered about it. (laughs) Um, But I think that we talk about it as a space where we're not being challenged or questioned. Uh, Everything that we're doing is right, acceptable, um, justifiable, and generally uncomplicated. So, you know, I, I don't see it as just Necessarily an emotional or, or psychological state, which is what that uh, your previous definition suggested. I think that it can incorporate a physical space as well. If I'm like chilling on the couch in sweatpants, eating nachos, and watching Friends. I'm in my comfort zone in like every sense of the word physically and mentally and emotionally because that's I'm not being like challenged or questioned I'm just warm and cozy and being fed and happy like a little gremlin (laughs) um so I I feel like I don't know that's more my interpretation of it I guess but that's I, I feel like there could be a physical aspect of comfort zones as well as an, an emotional or, or mental state.
0: Yeah I think personally like for me I looked at it as more of like a physical comfort zone Is in like my comfort zone is not going to stand up in front of 100 people and do a talk like that's not my comfort zone going out of mm-hmm. my comfort zone is to do that. Um, I know it's also kind of like a mental thing as well in regards to I think, like, a way of thinking. Like, I think it can definitely be phys- physical and mental in the sense that you can... I don't know. It, it sounds really weird because I often think this is an interpretation... Like, it will always be an interpretation to you. How do you interpret comfort zone? And mm. it, it's a tough thing to describe because everybody has their own measurement of it, right? Like, something that I find is out of mine might not be in yours. And that could be on a spectrum of so many different things. And so right. it's such a big... Space, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's subjective in terms of what each individual person will find as their comfort zone. Um, I guess, yeah, that's weird. Maybe that changes my definition because if I define my comfort zone as a space where I'm not being challenged or questioned and everything that I'm doing is acceptable and uncomplicated, well, I don't know. What about like an athlete? Are they comfortable being outside of their comfort zone is their comfort zone being challenged and pushing themselves and striving for that physical goal to like attain the next like personal best or whatever um it's a strange one Mm. isn't it but yeah I guess it's I guess it's a, a thing that we each have to define for ourselves I suppose yeah uh,
0: like so I, I found like a diagram online because this is a this is a topic that seems to be discussed by psychologists a lot and
1: oh really yeah it's
0: it shown as like um like almost like a circle and then there's like a comfort zone in the middle and then outside of mm-hmm. that is known as the optimal performance zone and then outside of that is the danger zone which I really enjoyed
1: is there a highway leading there by any chance <laughs>
0: I mean it could be. I think there probably is. <laughs> it seems it seems that they use it a lot in psychology because it's um, sort of to assess people's performance in things and how well we function. And it seems that being in your comfort zone, obviously, you're not really learning anything. You're not gaining anything. You, you can almost become stagnant. Yeah, but
1: actually. if you can kind
0: of, yeah, if you can go into the optimal performance zone, you, which also can be known to as optimal anxiety, is where you can experience some anxiety, some uncomfortability but you still function well. And that is of the zone apparently where people do their best. It's If you get outside of that, apparently that's the danger zone. That's where, you know, you could become so anxious, so over the top, yeah. like not functioning, that it, it, it's not good. But mm. supposedly that seems to be the general, the general thing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. So maybe then there's a degree of like lethargy or laziness in our comfort zones and actually like... Yeah, this just reminded me, I did an e-learning package um, at the company that we both used to work at, and it was on uh, motivation and stuff like that. And it said that there is like a peak, that peak performance zone uh, happens in the space that's halfway between anxiety and what this package referred to as arousal. Now, I think that they meant it more in like a motivation aspiration you know you're really like excited about achieving something not that you can't work because you've got a raging boner and uh, nothing's going to get done (laughs) until that's dealt with uh yeah so i guess that a little bit of stress is good for us and it motivates us and it helps us perform at our tasks that we have to do and so that level of challenge is good but then maybe that's something that we kind of define as a comfortable challenge. And so that's still a little bit included in the idea of a comfort zone. I think at least for me, because like, say I have to write an essay, that's challenging. Like like that's a hard thing to do. It's going to take a lot of research and a lot of time and a lot of work. But at the same time, I can do that, that's fine. I'm not being asked to like walk a tightrope while juggling flaming batons, which would be a lot more uncomfortable, (laughs) Uh, would be a danger zone. (laughs) It's a a challenge that I'm like, yeah, no, okay, this is hard, but I can do this, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. As I said, I think everybody defines their comfort zones and their danger zones in many different ways. (laughs) And like I said, it is very subjective and we have only just sort of like touched upon a tiny bit of it, but... As we always do, we talk about our experiences with things and have a chat about it. So do you have any times that you feel that you've stepped out of your comfort zone?
1: I do. I have a few times. I've thought of three specifics, um yeah. which I can pretty much fire through quite quickly, but feel free to interject. Uh so the first one I mentioned in our previous episode, actually, which was doing a burlesque show. So for reasons that I won't get into, me and my body have never always been like the best of friends. <laughs> so exposing my body to like a big group of people, not completely, but a, a, quite a bit of it was bare, uh, was a really scary thing to do. Um, and when I did that, my routine also went wrong, <laughs> which sucked ass as well. Oh, no. Um, and afterwards, uh, when I like came off the stage, it was fine. I like recovered and finished it. I just had to like, you know, I basically fumbled a little bit when I turned and so I just had to like stay turning away for a bit longer trying to like get a glove off or something it was it was embarrassing Um, as long
0: as you didn't lose like a nipple tassel or anything no
1: and I I didn't um, I it was bikini only and nothing nothing lower than that it's like a day at the beach but just in front of people doing a dance Um, and but the friend who I went with who was like a very seasoned performer Uh, she was so reassuring beforehand and she always talked to me about the status quo of these things and that the atmosphere was like jovial and fun and it's not seen as like stripping or being really sexualized it's like quite saucy and like tongue-in-cheek that kind of thing Um, but when I came off the stage um, a member of the audience um, this like old guy um, smacked me on the ass Oh fucking
0: hell, that's not okay. Yeah.
1: Which is something that audiences shouldn't ever do. Like it's a performer. Like they're not here for you as a piece of meat kind of thing.
0: I, I my like someone I know has has done a burlesque show and you know, the way that I heard about it is in some ways it is a bit of an art form, like it's a performance by somebody to an audience and it shouldn't necessarily have anything to do with like sexuality in a demeaning way, like it is, you know, consensual, everything like that. And so the fact that an audience member has done that has kind of ruined the whole concept of balesque And it's not, I don't know, it kind of dirties it when it's not meant to be like that. Which kind of has pissed me off. <laughs> Damn you, dirty old man! Yeah.
1: That same night, um, a guy, the the guy who like owned the venue where uh, my friend and and me by proxy, um, had done this performance. Um, That guy came on to me with the weirdest pickup line that I've ever heard, okay? He said, my eyes were so beautiful that he wanted to suck them out of my head, (laughs) okay? Which is not only disgusting, but quite alarming as well. Like, what do you say to that? Oh, your eyes are so beautiful, I want to suck them out of your head. Um, Thanks, but I sort of need to retain my sight for the foreseeable future. It was a bad night it was a bad night <laughs> so i'm glad we're laughing at him yeah um
0: shame on you yeah. for wanting to suck somebody's eyeballs out of their head yeah if that's you want to date somebody sentence.
1: don't give them that image it was horrific
0: but also just don't be creepy like what like that's if if anyone listening ever wants to do ballet, is interested in it please do not assume that you're going to be met with a lot of creepy people i'm sure not everybody and every place is like this
1: just get just get some muscle and if anybody like sa- slaps you on the ass or says that they want to suck your eyes out of your head get so- get <laughs> someone to beat them up <laughs> i'll come i'll beat up a, a son of a bitch if he says that to someone i don't mind oh, i've got you know. i've got some free time <laughs> jesus yeah um no, I'm not a proper bouncer. I'd probably do myself more more damage than anyone else. Um, but yeah, that was that was one of the less successful times um, that I went out of my comfort zone. So, because I've got three, this is like a bad time, an mm-hmm. okay time, and then a really, really good time. So, so it's going to get yeah. better from here on out. So that's that's rock bottom, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Occasion number two was I did a skydive for Cancer Research UK. Ooh. And this was a few years back and it was like, exhilarating and terrifying in equal measure. Cause you free fall for maybe about half a minute um, and then pull the parachute and when I landed like you do it in tandem as well with an instructor because they don't just trust you a randomer to like throw yourself out of of a plane and just be fine Um, from like fifteen thousand feet or something uh so yeah when I landed my eyes were crying um even with my like goggles on just because it was insane like this feeling of plummeting towards the earth but then not being dead (laughs) it was really weird I I was just like in shock I sort of couldn't really Wrap my mind around the fact that I'd done it. Um, it was nowhere near my comfort zone, and it, like it was amazing experience, but yeah, it was terrifying as well. Once was probably enough, I think, for that. But like, yeah, it, it was it was just quite surreal. Yeah, would you do it again? I don't think I would. No, I I feel like it must be how like Bruce Banner feels when he's like him and not the Hulk anymore. Like I've, mm-hmm. I my adrenaline's really high. Like what was, what just happened? I don't really remember it, but I think I just maybe did something really crazy and now, but it's over now. So it's probably, probably okay. <laughs> I yeah. seem to be fine. <laughs> um, and cause I just went home afterwards and like had some toast. And it, so it's like, it did, just didn't happen cause it's over so quickly, but yeah, it was a of fun. Um, maybe I would do it again. I don't think I ever would unless
0: I, I just I just don't think I would I I don't trust my body in that situation <laughs> yeah I I when I was younger I used to go to like Thorpe Park and stuff anyone from the UK will know Thorpe Park and um there's a ride called the detonator and this ride probably other rides like it a, a ride where it's effectively like you don't really go anywhere you just you're at the top and then suddenly it drops you very quickly and that's it right. that's the ride have you
1: been on it I haven't, no. I, I did uh, Rita, Queen of Speed, and Inferno, Nemesis Inferno. Right, okay. So, Destination... Is that yeah. Towers?
0: I don't... Maybe. <laughs> I'm
1: not sure. Sorry.
0: That's fine. It's still... It's still... It's still good. Theme parks. Yeah, Dest- yeah, theme De- park. is just a ride where, effectively, you're on, like, a... Just, like, a, a big pole, and you just go down really, really quickly. And it's mm. very shocking. And I went on it a few times on a jungle, and I think I enjoyed it. But, honestly, if I go on it now, it's like a an adult like a 30 year old woman i Mm -hmm. honestly just think that i might have a heart attack and die same reason why i don't go on stealth which is one where um it's a really really quick ride where you're pushed forward really really fast Mm. and you go like so quickly to be and it's one of those rides where um it's not just like a slow build up and then fast it's like I, i just don't trust my body and that's the same reason why i don't think that i would skydive or anything like that because i just feel like my my whole body would just be like nope and just just die
1: <laughs> you so no bungee you wouldn't have a bungee or bungee sounds
0: maybe a bit more okay because i feel like i can see what i'm attached to <laughs> yeah. whereas a, a skydive i'm a bit like that's like kind of free-falling right like mm. i don't i know bungee ropes can break and shit but i don't i don't know i'm not a huge fan of heights if i'm not constrained into some sort of ride mm. uh as i said it's just it's it's the how it would take a toll on my body because that adrenaline sometimes it, I, I don't know, it just freaks me out. Anyway, that was yeah. a really long tangent.
1: That's all right. That's fine. So yeah, because I don't think particularly that either of us would would be described as adrenaline junkies. No. So this this that's where this is kind of like a medium coming out of your comfort zone. Because like, especially when, you know, you're like a teenager or in your 20s and... Mm-hmm it doesn't really you're more fearless I guess and just think yeah why not I, you know I'll do it now I'll be dead one day I'll just do it now and it'll be fine um but yeah then looking back you're like oh what was I what was I thinking that was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'd still do some like adrenaline yeah. stuff I'm re- I, what I really want to do and I don't know if I've got the wrong end of the stick here but it's that thing paragliding maybe and you're yeah. like it's like what link does in breath of the wild and so oh, you've yes. got the wings right and then you like yeet yourself off a cliff but then you've got the wings and it's on like a bar yeah that's and then you just like sail over the ocean and be like wee i would do that i would so do that and when you're off the back of a speedboat, but in a parachute oh, parasailing, God, I, I'm, parasailing?
0: I, I hate the water i would be very fearful that i would drown
1: oh no you'd be okay because you have like a like life jacket on and stuff when you're up in the air
0: what if the thing that you're on like crushes you or
1: it's just fabric it's fine it catches the air but this is where my
0: my fear is coming out from our last episode
1: (laughs) oh that's okay all right well we'll 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 shelve that we can't go on holiday and do parasailing anyway you can go and i can watch well after lockdown maybe but it's not a very immediate problem so i'm sure it's fine
0: (laughs) i'm sure there's some cliffs nearby i can make you a paraglider if you want
1: i mean (laughs) it sounds like a you know episode of jackass or something like we need to have a don't try this at home disclaimer
0: (laughs) someone just sees on the news like in a week
1: girl dies
0: in paragliding incident
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's one of those famous last words isn't it like (laughs) watch this (laughs) And then there's just a mugshot of me. I thought it was safe. (laughs) At least you died doing what you loved. (laughs) Being an asshole. (laughs) um did you have
0: another comfort zone
1: example yes i have one more and this is a really good coming out of your comfort zone experience and i feel like it's kind of good to have this mix okay because Mm -hmm. when you're testing yourself and testing your boundaries and figuring out what you do and don't enjoy and having new experiences which are great they're all useful because they all tell you about who you are and the kind of person you are and the kind of stuff that you like and so my third thing which i i'm really really happy that i did was improv. Mm-hmm. So I joined an improv troupe at uni to improve my confidence with performing in front of a crowd and I felt like if I could be confident, stand up in front of a group of people and actually have conviction to what I'm saying and not feel like I was about to die. We talked about this on our fears and phobias episode quite thoroughly so I, I won't go into that fearful feeling because um, we've probably already talked about that enough but I just felt like if I could handle that then I could pitch ideas I could be able to speak up in classrooms or meetings Um, I could present things and interview better if I could just hone those abilities of like thinking on my feet making a mistake but then recovering from it and just keep going anyway Uh, and and yeah doing it in kind of a, a somewhat public or like performative setting because that would it's, at least in my mind count as public speaking and and yeah that's that's one of the fears that I keep trying to overcome <laughs> um, but improv was awesome um there was just the loveliest group of people that like I, I got the chance to meet I had some proper belly laughs as well um it was just so much fun like some of the uh, you know ideas and scenes and tangents that people went off on and, yeah, it's also a route into acting for a lot of people. A lot of people on the course were actors or um, film um, students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of, you know, uh, had like a very immediate way to put those skills into into practice for me and my friend who are writers who went who went along uh we kind of thought well look this will help us if we ever need to read our work aloud or if we need to perform a piece of work and I need to do that this year I have to perform a speech later in the year and do a presentation so it's a good thing that I decided to do improv for the past year um because like I was remembering a few years back i went traveling in china and i had to teach english to a group of like 40 chinese school kids and it was terrifying i had to sing to them at one point because i was trying to teach them what <laughs> i was trying to what teach did you them sing the rainbow song
0: oh i thought you were gonna say something funny like bon jovi <laughs>
1: imagine that like yeah come on kids like this is karaoke school now and I'm Jack Black (laughs) and this is the school of rock (laughs) no um it was mortifying I'm pretty sure that they all just like laughed at me afterwards and was like who is that stupid idiot um and didn't learn anything uh I'm very confident that that was the outcome um and but then Uh, earlier this year I had to teach creative writing to a class of like 30 kids and the the Chinese kids were primary school, they were maybe 7 or 8 so they might not have been that like (laughs) what an asshole like you know about me but the kids that I was teaching earlier this year were year 9s and you ask any teacher what's the worst age group and they will say year 9s, year 9s are little dicks notoriously, when all of us were in year 9 we're dicks. (laughs) Is that like
0: 13...
1: 13 14 yeah something like that um and they like every teacher that we spoke to about this was like yeah it's because they're not the bottom of the pecking order anymore they're not like the little year sevens and eights who's just joined the school and they're not worrying about their GCSEs either so they kind of feel like quite superior and they get quite cocky um so that's supposedly the worst age group but this time I had improv under my belt and that really helped um because I think with improv like it's just about exploration and having fun and being free so you can just say anything and as long as it works in the scene like everybody around you will just go with it and be supportive and be like yeah yeah you are you are this character yeah you are this person yeah we do have this relationship and it's a very like affirming process
0: Uh, and
1: you have to kind of do it within this hive mind uh so being in a, a having that practice of like being in a situation where I'm not in that situation. I don't have lived experience of being this character or having this relationship or being in this context, but I can pretend I I have been. And then that's kind of the same thing. And I can just channel what this, what this character would do. Uh, And so I kind of found myself going, well, what would my like favorite teacher do in this situation where I'm really scared to teach these kids. And then I would just sink into it and it would be like, I was just acting and just being a different person. Cause I, (laughs) This probably sounds really disingenuous now like I'm a really kind of like fake person or something but I think there's a good reason behind it. So I have a theory. Sorry, I realize that I'm talking quite a lot, That's but I right, swear I'm nearly it? done because I have like a bit of an insight about comfort zones. <laughs> so I feel like I'm like a person who never really learned to like self-assert like in my life, like that, that's never really like a skill that I've had. So the only way that I can kind of develop that skill as a, as a genuine trait within myself is to try it. And the only way that I can try it is if I convince myself that I can already do it. And the only way I can do that is if I'm like acting. I don't think this is the craziest yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: I remember when actually growing up, like I came up from I came from a family of very like shy people. We've always been very shy. Mm. My dad gave me the best advice once we were younger, and he. He was like look if you're feeling really shy and not confident in situations he'd always say act Mm. act like you're confident it's an act he was like you don't have to necessarily be that but it will make you feel better because one it puts a barrier between you and everyone else because you're acting and Mm -hmm. three like there's nothing bad that can happen from doing that if that makes sense
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that that's great advice. I'm so glad because I feel like I was maybe thinking I was a crazy person for a second here trying to talk about (laughs) this. But yeah, it's like really good life advice that I've kind of taken with me if I'm ever uh, like in a situation that I'm not sure what to do. It's like like a life tip. Just pretend you're somebody who can deal with this challenge and you will soon realize that we're actually chameleons and you can just face different situations and adapt to them and draw on like a range of characteristics which you may not naturally possess, but you can teach yourself to draw on them at different times Mm -hmm. and channel them. And I think what's really funny is that like, not all of the people I pretend I am in my head in certain situations are like real characters. Some of them are just like completely made up or like fictional characters from a book and stuff not in the same way where like you're a kid and you pretend that you're your favorite ninja turtle which... i was gonna say where is this going no. Who am i talking to you right now Raphael, <laughs> duh he was the best one <laughs> um but like i i don't think this is the craziest thing ever like I, I i remember being in a business meeting with like one of the scariest managers that i've ever worked with somebody who looks like they've been unhappy for so long that the muscles in their face that they use to smile have started to atrophy like they just can never smile anymore now like they're just permanently grimacing one of those a real scary motherfucker and and I was so intimidated and I realized that I just don't have naturally the skills in myself to like deal with this I'm I feel really intimidated right now and I was in I was reading a book at the time with this like really sassy smart mouth character who always kind of had a really logical response to things and I kind of thought before the meeting like you know I'm gonna have to explain myself here and I wrote down some factual things and then just like the character in the book had like this little mantra so I just wrote that just in the corner of my page so only I could see it and then I was able to come come back to this manager and say yeah no I do realize that obviously this project isn't done in time but we did give up resources you know prior to this project so we, we did actually flag that and obviously now we need that time back or we need to delay the next cycle until this one's done because we can't we're already stretched too thin so yeah we did raise this actually but like we're happy to to work towards a solution and it went fine and I I I didn't actually pretend I was this character and, like, start being all, like, sassy and start doing things out of the book, but it was just channeling those characteristics because I Mm. I, I don't know, like... I think I know people who are brave, but not in the contexts where they have to be brave. Like, I know friends who've been through stuff, but, like, I wasn't right there with them going through it and I think that through stories we kind of get that part of the human experience I think I think that's why we love stories and humans have since the origin of language because we either see ourselves in characters or we wish we did and so we kind of can embody that I guess
0: Mm. I think that's a really great way of like discussing how to cope with going outside of your comfort zone as well like it's such an interesting thing like I completely completely sympathize I remember when I was doing my Uh, like after my uh, master's i did a master's through research, was like a mini phd and i had to do a viva which is like an examination at the end of it where you sit in front of two people and basically tell them everything about your thesis and basically justify it and take them all the way through it and for some reason you have to get a really really high up person in the field that you've done the the master's on to sit there and for that to be the person that you have to do it in front of and they wow. happened to get somebody that I referenced all the way through my, my thesis a guy from fucking Holland who was amazing and knew everything about the topic that I just did and I like shit myself I was like I can't wow. do this and I remember the day that it came along was when I kind of channeled, channeled that whole acting thing like just to sort of I didn't feel like a scientist. I didn't feel like anything. I just felt like an imposter, which mm. is a, a big thing with with imposter syndrome. Which we'll do a whole episode about probably one day. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just that it's just that ability to be able to cope in that situation where you are not okay, you are not comfortable, and and having that as a kind of like a, a thing to kind of guide you on and say, do you know, what I may be shitting myself and really nervous, but let's for a second just act like I'm not. Mm. And it's that ability to be able to take control of the situation and and kind of be able to run with it and and get through it and i think it's a really important thing for for getting through a situation where you're not <laughs> comfortable
1: totally yeah totally so what what was was that did you have like other examples or, or were you able to speak a little bit more about occasions where you've been out of your comfort zone and yeah. what 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 were those experiences so like
0: i actually came with three Um, (laughs) awesome oh my
1: god we're so matchy today but I've actually
0: added another one on that's a bad one because you put a bad one in and all of mine were good but one of mine is only very very quick the first two I'm going to sort of slide by I'll start with the bad one which I came up with um, during this episode which actually goes on to the venture of Thought Park (laughs) again or, oh um, no so there's these things and you'll have them in in the US and you have them probably all around the world uh at like theme parks where they have the mazes right the horror mazes. you know what I'm talking about
1: right yeah the yeah. haunted house kind of ride.
0: oh um, no so it's it's the mazes where you walk through yeah like a haunted house <gasps> oh
1: oh I see yeah yeah, yeah. okay but axes. it's like yeah you it's not a ride that you just yeah. go through it's it's you actually explore through it you're not
0: constrained you're just walking mm. and you're told that the actors can't touch you but they'll be there and things are happening and i was 14 or 15 and i went to Thorpe park for fright night is what it was called and i thought right i'm shit scared of all of this I thought right, I'll go into the Seven Maze because Seven was oh a movie God. that was what made in like the nineties, and yeah, it
1: didn't, it wasn't. What's <gasps> was in the box? <laughs> it's not really a scary movie, right? It's not. It's not. It's a thriller. It's gory though, yeah. and very freaky, like the sloth and the lust. Like the, it's grim. Yeah, it is grim. It is. But
0: there wasn't like a chainsaw in clown like I'd heard in the other ones. So I thought right. right, Seven sounds okay for my first ever one. I'll do that one. Like that will be okay. I really Realized it was more about the seven deadly sins as as opposed to the movie itself and anyway i remember just like walking through the door and hearing these ominous noises and shouting and screaming and i remember already i was thinking fuck this shit what am i doing this is not okay and i went through the maze and honestly i've never been so fucking terrified i tried to leave halfway through because it was too much i couldn't there was they didn't let you out no I remember I tried to leave and the actors were fucking relishing in it. They used that as a fright tactic. I couldn't leave. It was fucking horrible. I felt like I never, ever want to do it again. And I never have. And I never will. I just can't take it. So that was an episode of me going out of my comfort zone and instantly regretting it.
1: That's really bad that they didn't let you leave. Because if somebody's genuinely that distressed by it, I mean, like... We think we're fine with things, but you never know when something's going to come up and actually bring up something really, like awful that someone could could have gone through or be going through, Uh, and you know it catches people off guard sometimes. Like you think you're fine, you think Mm -hmm. you're having an okay day, and then you realize like, oh god, like no, I'm I'm really really upset by this. Yeah, I don't know. I think like that was not handled great by obviously the people who were there. Like you were a kid, you were fourteen, like you know, some some safeguarding would have been good. However,
0: <laughs> I mean, this is the problem. Like, it's just, that's the nature of it, right? Like, you're supposed to be scared. You're supposed yeah. to be, I don't think they quite realised how much of a breakdown I was having. Um, yeah. But it's okay. Like, I'm over it. I'm just never doing it again. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, that sounds smart.
0: That sounds smart. <laughs> so the other one that I had, which was, a, it's all going positive now, is I wanted to bring up the whole thing about how comfort zones can be related to mental health as well. Um, and not just about like physically doing something. And I think one big thing for me that I, that I did that I found to be really gratifying and I'm so glad I did, but I really did struggle with it is being able to speak to like GPs and doctors and also workplaces about um, sort of like mental health issues and anxiety and kind of being able to admit that you're not okay. Because I find that yeah. I've always growing up, like I've always struggled, like <laughs> we all know that my catchphrase is I'm fine. Yeah. But I always feel like growing up, I never liked to be a problem or feel like I was a burden to anyone. So every time, even if someone was like, you know, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? I would always like to say that I'm okay and that I'm fine because I didn't like to worry people. I didn't like to be mm. a burden or a problem. But I think, you know, there's been points in my life where I've had to go out of my comfort zone to sort of speak to my doctor or workplace to just kind of be like, look, I am really struggling. And I think it's really important to be able to kind of say how important it is to be able to do that and and stepping over comfort zone to do that is it can only be a positive thing
1: I think that that is a really really good point and that that's something that I still deal with like you know going through shit but not saying anything yeah um because if yeah not wanting to darken someone's door with my problem or you know like ruin someone's day by you know being like little misery guts or something like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but shit like when we grow up thinking these things like that's that's bad education that we got right because it means that like people bottle things up and uh, don't ask for help uh, and then that ends up doing even more damage later down the line yeah. so like actually I think that that's a really good point and being vulnerable is a massive thing that takes us out of our comfort zones whether it's in relationships friendships or yeah professionally talking to your employer and saying look I, I need this kind of professional support at this point because of some this situation uh, and, and kind of actually that's a really brave courageous thing yeah. to do to show that vulnerability and it's not weak and it, it takes loads of courage to come out of your comfort zone and say this and the thing is as well is once you do it like people are way kinder in my experience than you think they're gonna be yes, like definitely. you always worry about being you know um just completely written off and you know undermined and everything but uh, but yeah people like we all go through it everybody so whoever you tell they're not going to be like ha fuck you bro (laughs) they're gonna be like shit oh my god like I can totally relate you know don't worry it's okay I'm here for you um at least if they're a good person with empathy hopefully that will be their response (laughs) if it's not then maybe stop texting that person yeah they're an asshole (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's not you it's them yeah yeah
0: um and so my only other one which I can kind of merge into one to be honest is to do with travel which i maybe assumed you might know this was coming which is um i think the biggest time i ever had out of my comfort zone is when i i traveled to the amazon rainforest when i was about 23 24 i don't know how much i've spoken about this on the podcast
1: not loads i think on the, on the podcast no no
0: so i to give like obviously some backstory everyone knows i do wildlife conservation and stuff i basically went there during my degree um to to be like a research assistant and uh At this point in time, I had never really been anywhere outside of Europe. In fact, I hadn't been anywhere outside of Europe. I'd never been anywhere, like, by myself. never been traveling by myself or anything like that. And, uh, and, you know, I signed up for this expedition to the Amazon rainforest, not knowing anybody. And uh, and I, I went through so many motions of just being like, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't go. One, because it was really far away. And that's scary. But two, because everything in the Amazon wants to fucking kill you
1: yeah this you have talked about yeah. yeah i think a little bit about the situation of being there yeah, yeah. that sounds really scary so you know
0: I, I i met another girl at the airport luckily who is now a good friend of mine and uh, um i didn't know her at the time but i found out that she was going on the same thing so we decided to to meet to get the flights and things um but i think the scariest thing was about that i knew that i was going to be about six hours um boat ride from the hospital where i was in the middle of the jungle and yeah. um and and the, like knowing about all the insects and all the bugs and how everything wants to murder you and anybody that knows me and you'll now know now everybody i'm a massive hypochondriac at the best of times i any ailment that i ever tend to get i assume that i'm gonna die like i my phone calls my dad has received <laughs> like in life where i'm just like dad my leg hurts i think it's gonna fall off like i'm just i'm awful i am so bad and so the fact that i was going to this place where a snake can kill you within two hours of a bite or a bug or if you lick a frog you're dead or there's jaguars and the trees have spikes like i was like i'm not gonna come back i'm not yeah that's not
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good situation of being no when you're a hypochondriac so i
0: honestly i was so freaking terrified everything about this trip and even up to the point where I like left and got on the plane I was still shitting myself but I'm so glad I did it because the exhilaration and the happiness and the joy and the excitement that I got from doing it and the whole trip was absolutely incredible and it changed me completely like facing that fear realizing that like I am brave and strong sure enough to do something like that going through it and you know I didn't die I didn't get a bad bug bite didn't get bit by a snake I swam in anaconda filled waters I didn't realize until the next day uh what well, we found an anaconda where I went swimming um oh, God. you know I did it and it kind of changed me I felt like I was no longer little scared Nikki anymore that's like afraid of everything it kind of like gives you this sense of I don't know, like empowerment. Empowerment, yes, a sense of empowerment, and like that's never gone away. It's it's never it's never mm. changed, which was amazing. Yeah,
1: I, I I really really love to hear that. Like, I think now like the next time say you had to take another trip or do something else that was out of your comfort zone right and again that the scared voice that we all have inside us would be piping up going oh I can't do this or you know I might die I might get into danger or I might not I might not come back with you know um like I'll be hurt or ill or you know injured or something um and Mm -hmm. you'll now have like a very rational reasoned argument to come back with with that voice and go well no I've already done this I've done it and succeeded and it and it was amazing so I'm not going to miss out on another experience that seems scary just because I haven't exactly. done it before I'm going to go for it so it it those experiences can make us braver for future challenges mm-hmm. because yeah we can we can kind of look back and draw on it and go yeah I know I can do this yeah
0: and it makes you realize that you can you know stepping out of your comfort zone is a mm. good thing like it's i only i can only imagine if i'd never have done that trip if i got too scared to do it how much regret i would have felt but i feel no f- regret from doing it all i feel is that i'm glad for doing it and and that always proved to me that you know what even though something is scary it it's good like it's you know i'm not talking about every experience but you made a really good point about the fact that later on it helped me do other things so my other little point that I was going to go into was when i went to indonesia for my masters i was talking about for my thesis and i lived there and studied elephants for six months and you know i'd already kind of done something a little bit scary i went to another obviously going to the rainforest and the only difference this time was i was scared because i was there for such a long time and i had to live and function in an area where hardly anyone spoke english the culture was very different to ours it, south america kind of had a similar similar things but that was a very very culturally different place and uh and i was more on my own i i went with a few people to begin with but eventually they left and effectively i was living in a wooden house in the middle of the jungle with six indonesian men only two spoke english for like
1: three months i think it was in total
0: with just just by myself i don't know
1: many women who wouldn't be somewhat uh yeah you know cautious of that prospect
0: (laughs) Yeah, my dad my dad didn't fully know the situation until after I was like, Look, it was fine. They were very nice people and they took really mm. good care of me. But you on the on the face of it you get you think it's sinister, you think, Oh, that's you know, they're gonna sell me off somewhere or something. But um no, they were the loveliest men and they looked at me really, really well. Um, but for me as well, it wasn't even just that, it was things like the toilet situation because in Indonesia they you know it's all just sort of holes in the ground and squat toilets and oh, yeah. things. Yeah, and... slosh
1: a bit of water up there after you go that'll do the job that's fine that's Pretty enough much. like no no toilet paper which makes me laugh because
0: <laughs> whenever this toilet paper situation happened in the UK with with the pandemic I was like guys it's it's, it's fine right like, it, yeah it's really okay don't worry um but at the time before I you know I'd gone to Indonesia and was was going to be living there for that amount of time I I was just so uncomfortable and scared and didn't think that I would be able to get through it but I think what's amazing about the human psyche and things like comfort zones and everything like that is the things that were worrying me, the things that I felt a little bit uncomfortable about at first, because it did take me a little while to get used to the squat toilets, Sure. is how quickly humans can adapt to their environment and situations. Like these things that were slight inconveniences at first just became everyday things that I didn't even think about anymore. And I think that's something really important to talk about with comfort zones as well is your comfort zone, when you go out of your comfort zone and you go into the danger zone or scary zone, that can then become your comfort zone because you're used to it. so any does that make sense? like anything that you do that once scared you is gonna become something that is potentially within your comfort zone in the future like a new job totally you're scared of, yeah, you're scared of your new job, you don't know what the fuck you're doing training's hard you don't know what's going on eventually that job's going to become like routine mundane you're not really going to you're going to want something more so that's a good way to look at it i think as well
1: yeah definitely yeah i th- i think i think that's a perfect way to look at it um yeah when when we kind of go out of our comfort zones and do something that's that's not uncomfortable once we once we meet that challenge and we overcome it it's it's Mm -hmm. no longer out of our comfort zone it becomes incorporated so maybe that comfort zone space on the like circular diagram will will widen and broaden a little bit um with with everything that we accomplish we can kind of absorb that and take that with us and be like yeah i can do this this is a skill i have this is a challenge that i've faced and i'm comfortable doing xyz now um where you may not have been before exactly yeah so
0: that's that's mine that's That's awesome things that I've learned from my comfort zones and going out of them
1: yay that's awesome I love that um yeah that actually I feel really like inspired (laughs) just literally hearing that that's really like giving me this like uplifting feeling so yeah thanks for that (laughs) good
0: (laughs) so should we go on to my science section yes please I
1: can't wait to do more learns
0: So this is a weird one for science section, actually, because a lot of it obviously is rooted in psychology, which is fine, um, but I'm sort of bringing it back a bit to like evolution and our core human behaviors, I guess. Mm. Um, And so first off, I'm just gonna talk quickly about something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I love
1: Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I've come across this before.
0: You may know more about it than I do. No, I don't, I definitely
1: don't know more about it. I I remember that it's a pyramid. I think that's basically it. (laughs)
0: So I just feel like it's worth mentioning that it is something which kind of shows what we need. So it's a motivational theory in psychology which comprises like a five-tier model of human needs. Um, Yeah, it's a pyramid. What it effectively means is that the lower down in the hierarchy must be satisfied before individuals can attend to the needs higher up. So um, for, for human beings and stuff, like... It starts from, like, physiological needs, like food, water, warmth. Then it's, like, safety. Mm -hmm. Then it's belongingness and, like, love, so, like, friends. And then it's, like, esteem, so accomplishment. And then it's, like, self actualization, which, I mean, Mm. that's when it starts to get deep. So that's, like, potential creative activities, that kind of stuff. But obviously the basic needs are what we're kind of focusing on here. Mm -hmm. Um, And with this one, and I think also with animals too, feelings of safety are second to the main requirements like food water shelter which makes sense like you need to get those things done before you can feel safe but i guess the safety is what we're kind of looking at here in regards to to comfort zones so i guess to summarize like with humans you know as long as we've got that food water warmth and rest and then we feel safe we're we're alive like that's effectively the two main things Mm. we're living (laughs) whatever you're eating as long as you're eating a drink or something you're alive so if we look at comfort zones in the animal kingdom and like as an evolutionary sense it doesn't really have the same meaning as it does for like us modern humans so going out of your comfort zone if you're an animal is like an everyday occurrence because you'll be doing whatever you need to do to survive and you won't really be thinking about it you won't really have a chance to go into your comfort zone however changes in the environment can kind of push populations outside of their comfort zones creating this kind of selection pressure required to drive evolutionary processes for example polar bears right everyone knows how much polar bears are struggling which is really shit because of climate change and now having to go out of their comfort zones Mm -hmm. to search for food and things like that because they can't get it where they are or take the um, diverse beak shapes of darwin's finches for example if they had to change to their environment which was changing to be able to survive so that would be like the only kind of comfort zone analogy i can think of in regards to evolution and animals but even in cave james's time because obviously we always go back to cave james's time um prehistoric humans going out of the your comfort zone would have been like leaving the cave to search for food effectively which you would be doing a lot because right. it's not like today where you can just pop to Sainsbury's.
1: You're saying they didn't have supermarkets in prehistoric times? Mind blown. Don't let me go back there in our time machine <laughs> when we get it. I know, right? That,
0: you know. So yeah, leaving leaving your like comfort zone was something that we would have been doing a lot. And so we are almost effectively designed to be doing that. And to not be going out of your comfort zone like we do today is probably more abnormal. And so... Yeah, like the the thing was with today, like going out of your comfort zone now may not increase your survival at all. Like you don't need to. Like if you wanted to just stay in your house during the whole entirety of lockdown or whatever,
1: and beyond even, like you could literally just be a hermit for the rest of your life, but you'd be okay. Like there's no need for you to have more than just the basic survival. Mm -hmm. But this is
0: where I think the problems arise because now your comfort zone is is permanent and you don't have to do anything because I think comfort zones and that kind of sweet spot just outside of it is something that can really play and increase your happiness I think that's why sometimes a lot of people suffer with mental health issues which sounds ridiculous because most of the time you say well if I don't I won't have any mental health problems if I stay in my comfort zone but I don't think that's always the case I think sometimes Mm. it can happen both ways and I think that going outside your comfort zone in a, into a, in a place where you're comfortable is really good because you can you know things like pursuing your dreams or you know being able to kind of like fight for something that you want to do and work towards it it may be scary but like yeah so i guess what i'm trying to say is we don't have to grab our comfort zones anymore like we had to do in cave james's time but it's okay if you want to do that and yeah i don't know that's a weird summary isn't it <laughs>
1: no no not at all I understand what you're saying and I think that I think that you're right I I honestly do like um it, what's really funny is that like you know when we get to the end of the episode and we go so what are we taking away from this episode mine always comes from science section and so I, I totally think you're right and yeah we might not always um need to go out of our comfort zones for our survival um but for our happiness and our motivation and you know I, th- there's, I think that there's sometimes we get restless about things, and we just want to prove that we can do something, um because you know we feel kind of slovenly, mm-hmm. and you know I mean I I get that after just you know a week of of being at home locked in and studying, and I'm like you know yeah I want to go eat myself off a cliff with a parasail, but you know I haven't yet, but the urge is there, and I, and that's what I think like. It maybe evolutionarily we still have that urge to be like well I I want to meet a challenge and overcome it
0: I think that's where the whole thrill seeking comes from as well
1: yeah oh god yeah. I, yeah I definitely agree
0: so yeah all in all comfort zones are normal well sorry yes comfort zones are normal going out of your comfort zone is normal if you want to go in the danger zone too that's absolutely mm. fine but that's the main thing, why don't we head on over
1: to Creative Corner? Sure, come on in, Um, so uh, again like I always think of what I can do different with Creative Corner and I was thinking about comfort zones this past week I guess since we've decided on this topic, you'd normally decide a little like a week in advance, (laughs) a little insight for people there And, um, and yeah I think that taking your characters out of their comfort zones if I'm I'm going full writery on this because I've switched my MA to do creative writing so I, I can't like I'm just staying in my remit for this week so sorry if you're not a writer but this is interesting anyway I reckon so um so yeah you can basically um use taking your characters out of their comfort zones um as a plot device and actually it's a very common plot device that is used um particularly in the hero's journey type of narrative which I'm sure mm-hmm. people will have heard of um Hero's Journey is like it's a, a certain structure of a narrative, and like Harry Potter follows the hero's journey, Star Wars, um, episode four, five, and six like the original. Um, Mark Hamill ones, uh, and Lord of the Rings with Frodo. That's very much hero's journey as well. So like you have the old mentor, Ooh. you have the best friend sidekick, you have the kind of um, the the first thing that takes the character out of their comfort zone. Because the beginning of these stories is always the status quo. Here's the character, this unassuming everyday person in their normal life, you know, living under the stairs, doing a little hobbit dance, living on ta- living on Tatooine with his aunt and his uncle. <laughs> right (laughs) it's so true I didn't even think about this (laughs) this is what I spend my days doing going oh yeah these are all the same story yep rags to riches hero's journey voyage (laughs) voyage and return Mm. Um, get too bogged down in theory but they all have this structure and so the thing that takes them out of their comfort zone the thing that breaks that status quo uh, is called the inciting incident that's what it's called in you know school terms. (laughs) So the inciting incident is basically this call to arms. So something will happen. So, you know, uh, Harry gets a letter through the post, Uh, Luke comes home and finds that his uh, family have been killed when he's been gone, because somebody's been looking for r 2 d 2 and Frodo, um, Gandalf gives him the ring. And so they they all have this call to arms, where they have to leave home and they have to start their quest, the hero's journey. Um, And so that inciting incident is you, that's kind of the point where we see them step out of their comfort zone and then steadily throughout the rest of the narrative they will be out of their comfort zone and facing challenge after challenge um, they'll be overcoming o- obstacles being tested usually with some plot twists and you know big character reveals along the way as well um, and then eventually obviously we get the ending of the story where like you know there's a big thing a big climactic moment and then a resolution um but it all starts with this inciting incident and that's when the characters come out of their comfort zones and I think that the hero's journey narrative is a really popular one and people will still keep writing it and reading about it and doing different takes on it um probably not with like (laughs) the exact same structure I think obviously like you know people will find it predictable the more that people do it and so there will be evolution and changes to it but I just thought that that was kind of an interesting like thing because yeah they, they like all these mm. stories are really popular but um they're, they yeah they all take place outside of their comfort zones and then I was kind of thinking back to saying about channeling fictional characters traits and like maybe that's why because there's no story without conflict and protagonists of these stories are always in conflict so when you can't you can't draw on your own lived experience to be like oh yeah I'll be fine remember that time I killed that dragon like (laughs) no that didn't happen to me like but I can imagine how that felt hopefully if the book is well written or the film is well made or the video game is really immersive you'll feel like you know Oh yeah, I I feel like I could have been there, like that was me, and I was immersed in that, and that did mm-hmm. like come alive for me. um And you can kind of draw on how that made you feel, because hopefully that's what a good piece of art, media, you know, writing will do. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting yeah. um idea. It's was well, it's, it's so true because if
0: you think about it, like you wouldn't have had a book or a movie if bilbo baggins just like stayed in his house and stayed in his comfort zone like you don't get a story at least an exciting interesting story of a character staying within that space because nothing Mm. would happen it's like thinking of things like katniss you know from like hunger games like i mean she wasn't she wasn't in a great situation anyway but like it's that whole thing of putting somebody in this stressful Mm. environment even if it's to, to get like a goal or achieve something. It's still taking that character through this journey. And, um, and that's a story, isn't it? Like that's just literally a story. And so it's so prevalent in our culture and creative media that that is just a, a thing. And we love it. I think, I think people and the audiences love it and the readers love it because we want to feel like we can be that strong and that brave and cope in an environment like that and be okay i think it's it's uh, inspiring and it, it makes people feel ambitious and, and things like that it's such a interesting thing when you start breaking it down totally like that.
1: because if, if katniss had been like you know there on choosing day and prim's name gets read out and she had been like well it's not me I don't have to come out of my comfort zone. I guess I'll just stay here and, you know, live my own life. Like I'll just that, get another sister. That book would not be a thing. That film would not be a thing. Nobody would Dang. read that. Nobody wants to watch that. Like this is like you know creative 101 is good luck prim see you later (laughs) what's the what's the conflict what's the challenge there has to be something and yeah it it wouldn't have been her story yeah she would have just been like yeah see ya (laughs) like it wouldn't have been bye yeah it it wouldn't have been anything um so yeah i just i I, yeah i think that that's a, a really cool thing and it gets into this territory as well with with what something that you mentioned which is yeah we want to identify with these characters and actually I've been looking into this quite a bit and there's a lot of uh studies and evidence and um cultural uh like consensus among like writers and academics that reading or you know uh being immersed in stories and even writing stories um for yourself it helps uh in like our formative years especially like adolescence in particular. This is why uh, young adult books um, are so like influential and they're always made into these huge blockbuster things like Harry Potter, like Twilight, like The Hunger Games because actually for, for kids that age, they are so formative for their identities because they get to explore different characteristics and different traits and different stories and different challenges and it teaches them who they want to be um and how they can be that way especially at that age when the protagonists are around their age and like that, that was very much the thing with harry potter i pretty much grew up with harry potter being the same or similar age i was maybe a little bit older than harry um but then like when the movies were coming out and the books like uh because, yeah, they caught up slightly and the movies were coming out, but the books weren't finished yet. So then it kind of timed up and then it, you know, I went ahead again. But yeah, like the the characters change with you when you're that age like it feels like you're going on a journey with them because yeah you know they're dating for the first time and Harry's got a girlfriend now and you're like well I'm I'm going to McDonald's with a boy tomorrow so I know what that's like you know but it's like (laughs) you you take it with you in your own life and you're like it's fine Harry can deal with this I can deal with it like (laughs) it's just one of those like we identify with stories so much and I think that they become part of us and part of our identity like not to the point where I think I'm going to put my Hufflepuff like Hogwarts house in my bio or anything but some people choose to (laughs) yeah for sure
0: and I I think it translates to video games as well because obviously with video games you always have the protagonist the journey Mm. everything like that as I said you wouldn't have with like movies you wouldn't also have a video game where some, you're just you're just playing as a bloke in his house. I mean, you might do, to be fair. There's a lot I of mean, weird Star games Dube out there. I mean, Stardew Valley
1: isn't too far from that. <laughs> okay, good point. Okay, like, I think 70% of but games. But that's a very different kind of simulation game. Yeah, that's it. Like It's not Heroes Journey. If we, talk, you know? if we talk
0: about things like uh, like The Last of Us uh, right. and things like that, especially with characters like Joel and Ellie who have to grab their comfort zones to achieve something or find something or do something, it's it's that journey and it's that feeling like you're going along with them and especially when you get like really strong characters who you just you know absolutely adore to to go through that journey with them it makes you feel like you've done it too and Mm -hmm. i think that's that gives you that exhilarating feeling that you may not be getting from your from your real life which is probably one of the reasons why i'm playing so many games in lockdown (laughs) because i'm like well i need to feel like this somehow
1: Uh, yeah and it gives you that sense of adventure as well and Mm -hmm. that's a good thing um i think that that you know again, there must be some, like, intrinsic evolutionary reason why we kind of, yeah, we we want to meet the world head on and leave our mark on it and overcome things uh, and, you know yeah be brave and be fearless like i I think we can all relate to having that feeling and and wanting to do something about it but yeah when we have to stay home and make sure that we try and mitigate you know people getting this Mm -hmm. awful awful illness um then yeah the best and safest way to do that right now (laughs) read a book watch a movie play a video game um and like remember that like art and creativity is what is getting people through this and there is value in that like it might sound really stupid when i'm here saying that pretending to be a character in a book got me through a really difficult business meeting but you know what it did and one day I might write a book, and somebody will that will help someone else through a challenge where they'll feel like, Oh, what, what, what would I do if I was this person and this, this thing that I'm watching or reading or, you know, experiencing right now? And maybe we'll be able to continue to like draw strength and inspiration and, um, yeah like freedom and fun from these stories yeah. and these characters like I think that's a really powerful thing. Do you know what's really funny
0: as well now you said that is I remember actually when I had to in Indonesia and the Amazon when I when I did all my adventuring stuff I used to really struggle sometimes with the with the you know the jungle the heat the exertion the like I mean there were so many times where I wanted to fucking die um and mm. I would often in my mind channel things like Lara Croft and Nathan Drake. <gasps> I knew you were gonna Lara yeah like I because I, as a kid like that was what I grew up with and I remember always thinking yes! and I was always like do you know what like when I'm climbing these horrible fucking hills and I was literally I remember one point I had to scale a fucking wall in the jungle and I remember always Ooh. thinking like well if Nathan Drake if Lara Croft can do this so can I and I would always channel that and I would always I know that video game characters are not real Nikki but it's just still one of these things where it's like you know I don't know it's so hard to explain and I've never said that to anyone before it's so embarrassing but
1: yeah it's not embarrassing I you know I genuinely think that everybody does this and if you don't and you're naturally this like confident and self-assured throughout every single challenge in your life there's a chance you're a sociopath I'm just putting it out there like but I think this is normal and I think that we all have these strange like idiosyncrasies that we think are really really bonkers but actually I think that we we share them and that these things are quite normal and yeah i've i've done exactly the same thing 100 percent it goes back to to when you're a kid you know and you would you we would play like power rangers or whatever at school and you would be your favorite power ranger and you would be that character and you would like be in the situation and act out that week's episode um and yeah that that's that creative play is really helpful to kids it teaches them so many things about like socialization communication um exploration and identity and there is absolutely no reason why that those those like key things don't continue and we we keep taking them with us and keep drawing on what's useful um I yeah I 100% think that like we're all as. bonkers as each other <laughs> and we all share these like strange going like hey I'll just pretend that I'm this person and then I'll be fine because <laughs> yeah. we do I think we do I think it was like
0: I think I used it as a way to cope it, it was a coping mechanism it was you know it was like this is really tough like I'm really struggling here and then I think back mm. to like times where I'd been like playing the game or enjoying it and, and they'd be doing something like that and I think well you know what? it kind of like spurred me on and kind of gave me the confidence to like well fuck it like Let's just let's do this shit, and I think drawing drawing from that kind of creative media which you enjoy can can be really beneficial in that way. Now, I'm not saying go walk through the forest and pretend you're Gandalf or anything, but I'm just trying to say that like, if you're ever in like as you were saying if you need to pretend or kind of like channel or whatever it is to kind of get you through a, a. being in the danger zone or being in a situation that makes you a bit uncomfortable is hard. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that and doing whatever yeah. you need to, to get through it, whether it's acting just to be someone more confident than you actually are or, you know, mm. I, I think the most amazing thing as well about that acting thing is even if you're acting to be more confident than you are or more of a confident version of you, technically by doing that, you are becoming, a, you are a confident person because you're still sort of yeah. doing it.
1: Because you're still drawing on things that are in you, whether it's your imagination, whether it's your inspiration, uh, you're still you're still creating the space where you are able to exhibit the trait that you want to be able to exhibit, even if it's taking place in your mind, and you're pretending to not be you, the outcome is the same you may as well have been that confident because that's what everybody else left that meeting thinking. And that's, that's what everyone else's perception is. And that's how you exactly. acted. So that's who you became in that moment. That's who you are. That's what you channeled. And even if you just use your mind and your imagination to just pretend for a second that you are this different person in this different situation, that still came from inside you. So this whole idea of like, you've got everything you need, like it's actually true. Yes, we can draw on these inspirations, but it's up to us to kind of think about it and implement it and take that leap and be like no I can do this even if even if I'm faking it the first time that I try it and, and you know I have to give this presentation and I'm shaking but I'm pretending I can do it next time I will be able to do it and that'll be me being me yeah, not me exactly. pretending you exactly. know wow, oh my God, I feel like I could go take on a whole army of orcs right now. <laughs> I'm so fired up and inspired after this. This is like a very galvanizing conversation that's like, I was I was properly sleepy before we started recording this um, in Aww. the evening. I was like all curled up after my dinner. I was like, I'm so warm and cozy. And now I'm like, oh, I'm a Viking, give me an axe. Like, I'll, I'll take on a whole army right now.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately in the current circumstances and climate, we're not going to be able to do that. Or, you know, but you can, you can reach, people can reach their, go out of their comfort zones in other different ways. Exactly. You know, you can read a book that you've never read or write a, begin writing a novel if you're not even a writer or draw something or paint something. Like there's ways to go out your comfort zone right now that don't involve like going to climb a mountain or anything like that or defeat a load of orcs. But I think that it's, really exciting and I know what you mean like I kind of feel a bit empowered by it and now I end. I feel like I understand mm. it more and I feel like this is a really good thing to think about when you do have a challenge in your life even as I said I know that we're not going to go fight walks or anything but even if someone has like a job interview or something scary that they've got to do or a zoom presentation that they're really frightened mm. of I think just using like some of these things that we've spoken about it was just they may not work for everyone we're obviously unique to us but just like remember there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being afraid or freaked out by doing something like that, and just you know, figure out ways that will make you feel more comfortable. Whether it's acting, channel, channeling, by Baggins, yeah. I don't know. Like just find whatever it is to get through that. But also remember that sometimes going out of your comfort zone is not going to result in a good thing, and that's okay. I'm never going to go in a haunted maze and I know that yeah. now and that was a success in that way because I know I'm never going to
1: go in one yeah, again and I'm so. never going to do burlesque ever again or have a conversation with someone who uses the most weirdest chat lines in the world so it's fine <laughs> so we it's learn you either, you either either take in strength and you learn a new skill and you become stronger or you learn and you go like okay that's not for me that's fine but never gonna do it <laughs> exactly. again. exactly <laughs> so is that is that Is that like, do you have anything else to like sum up this week?
0: I think that's it, to be honest. I think, I think literally we have summed up nicely there. Okay. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just had like a final, like one final thought that I think that like sums up for me, like how this conversation is kind of going to leave me. Um, So I think that comfort zones are about personal growth. And I think for personal growth, you need two things. I think the first thing is to have an objective awareness of who you are and where you are right now in your life. And the second thing is to have an understanding of who you want to become and where you want to be in the future. And once you have those two things it's like two different points on a map and you can start to chart a course from A to B and that course will take you out of your comfort zone. Um, But, and this is where I had like a nice little quote from a writer called John A. Shedd. I think he's a writer anyway. Uh, And he said, a ship in harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. And I just thought that that was a really nice like impactful kind of quote to finish on um so thanks john a shed for that (laughs) ship is is safe in harbour but that's not what ships are built for
0: exactly that's that's really poignant i like that
1: nice sorry um for just uh, dragging us on (laughs) past the finish line no i i think i think that's
0: good as well though because it also goes on science section a little bit and and summarizes about the fact that humans are designed to be going out of their comfort zones like to survive It's something that has happened for a very long time since we've existed and it happens in the animal kingdom constantly. And so, you know, there's nothing to be scared of in that regard. And I think that's nice. The boat analogy is nice.
1: Cool. Awesome. Oh, I feel so like happy and inspired after this. Like I really am like super uplifted, which is lucky because I have to go do more academic reading for tomorrow.
0: (laughs) That's good. I'm going to go play some Overwatch. So that's going to empower me to to kill. Enemies.
1: I wanna play games. So I wanna go kill stuff in Genshin Impact. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess uh let's just finish up by saying that um you can email us if you have any thoughts and want to put them in an email, you can do so and send it to not for girlspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us at not girls pod on Twitter and Instagram and if you can rate review and subscribe uh on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts uh, we would love you forever and very very much appreciate it
0: (laughs) that would be amazing so yeah we'll see you next time
1: see you later Bye. Bye. bye